This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. All right, all right, all right, and welcome to another edition of NFL Friday here at WFUV. I'm your host, Christian O'Hara, alongside Matt Crow. Matt, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well, and I'm sure you're doing even better after that big-time G-Men win last night. Absolutely, Matt. It, it made waking up today a little bit easier. At 1-2, and two, not 0-3, oh after uh, you know the events of Weeks 1 and 2 for the, the, the Giants. Let's, let's get right into it. Giants win last night 32-21. They had some fourth quarter troubles again, you know, not surprising. You know, the Giants pretty much dominated the game until the fourth quarter. They kind of let some things get away from them, but they had a big enough lead where it wasn't like Dallas, it wasn't like Atlanta. They held on for the win. Eli Manning, 23 of 32, 279 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a 92.2 QBR. He stepped up over the past couple weeks. Listen, I, I, I know people, you know, give him crap for week one that loss I think right. he played well enough to win in week two and I think he played pretty dang well in week three you know in in, in week one I mean that kind of goes on his shoulders right um not letting him run in for right. the touchdown there at the end but I I mean they they played well uh 15 14 Redskins beat him in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. but you know they played well enough to get the win which is what they needed to do avoid going 0 three and you know, basically avoid their season coming to an end this early in the year. Right, and I think a lot of the uh, the attention was on how would the Giants come out and respond at home in a, in a short week against the division opponent. Granted, you know, Washington isn't really the team that really scares you the most, but they went out and beat a team in St. Louis at home who had just come off an overtime victory against Seattle, the NFC champions. So you really didn't know what you were going to get uh, with Kirk Cousins uh, Kirk Cousins last night, I believe, was 30 of 49, two interceptions, yep. threw for over 300 yards. But it, you watched Kirk, and he didn't really, he didn't really scare you as a quarterback. And, and we were we were talking up in the press box about how, okay, if if this is Kirk Cousins' best, and you know why isn't even Robert Griffin getting any looks? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it all comes down to him throwing picks. I right. mean, he he throws way too many, and whenever he throws picks, I mean, bad things happen for the Redskins, and. Again in this one against a you know subpar Giants defense right. throws two big interceptions. Um, on top of that, on top of that fumble uh, ne- right near the goal line by by Matt uh, Matt Jones. Matt Jones, yeah, nice, nice play there by Trevin Wade. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, you know it's Kirk Cousins has has trouble, especially against the Giants on these Thursday night uh, stages. He, he threw four interceptions last year in Washington. Throws two interceptions last night. And it just it 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 continues a trend that if you know if quarterbacks throw interceptions, especially Kirk Cousins, the Washington Redskins are not good enough to overcome that. Yeah, I mean he has thrown uh, multiple interceptions in eight career games, and in that span, the uh, the Redskins have gone zero and eight. So I mean, right there, that's that's absolutely terrible. That's uh, you know a lot of blame falling on the quarterback. And and like you said, why doesn't RG three get some looks if right. Kirk Cousins is struggling this much? Right, and and. It was interesting, you know, the Giants held Alfred Morris to six carries for 19 yards. And you have to maybe wonder, you know, question the play calling of Jay Gruden here. You know, why aren't you going more to a running back who was among the top in the NFL a couple of years ago and that, that helped them with Robert Griffin III to win the NFC East for the first time in a while in, in Griffin's rookie year? Um, but again, you know, it's a good win for the Giants. 
32-21, like we said. They have now over a week to prepare for the Buffalo Bills on the road, which should be a, another you know tough game, a test for them to see where they really are. Um, it, it stings a little bit more, you know, knowing that there is a possibility in an alternate universe that the Giants are three and zero going into this game. Now, you know, you go in with a little bit more tempered expectations, one and two. And again, you know, the Giants didn't wow everyone last night. It's just, you know, they played better. They played well enough to win against a team they probably should beat anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I think that there were definitely some positive factors in the game. I mean, you saw Ruben Randall's 2015 coming out party, seven receptions, 116 yards, along with a TD. I mean, I think him playing well is huge for the Giants offense. Um, Odell did his thing, of course. Uh, as usual, a touchdown, uh, another seven receptions, 80 yards about. And, I mean, I think that Manning has kind of found his his rhythm with his receivers. Right. I think where it comes down to is their running game needs to improve, and, and again, their defense need, needs to improve. You said it, Matt. Um, Odell had another touchdown. He had, you know, that this is two and three games. Ruben really showed up, and, and I'm glad that Ruben, you know, we found the invisible man, as they say. You know, he wasn't really playing well. He only had four catches for about 28 yards. In the, in the first two games combined. So good to see him break out. Seven catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. And this offense, like people are saying, you know, on paper, if Victor Cruz comes back, this could be one of the best offenses in the league. Eli's playing very well. Most importantly, in my opinion, no interceptions. He's taking care of the football. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. It's a long year. The NFL season is, is, is a marathon, not a sprint. So uh, with that, let's go to a Giants uh, beat report. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. We didn't do that last week. You know? There was frustration, but there wasn't anybody feeling sorry for themselves. And you can't, what is there? It's our own doing. You know, there, there's nobody to blame but us. The New York Giants followed up a heartbreaking loss in Dallas with, yes, you guessed it, another heartbreaker against Atlanta. Big Blue was in control for most of the game against the Falcons, holding a 20-10 lead entering the fourth quarter. However, the offense's inability to score the final touchdown and the defense allowing Matt Ryan to engineer two touchdown drives in the final minutes sealed the Giants' fate. For the second week in a row, the team had squandered a 10-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Now, New York faced a must-win situation at home against Washington on Thursday night. It wasn't easy. Nobody said it was going to be. They're a good football team. They had all the numbers coming in here, as you, as you well know. A much happier Tom Coughlin was on display after the Giants' 32-21 win over Washington. Odell Beckham caught his second touchdown pass of the season, and Reuben Randall joined the party as well, catching his first touchdown of the season while adding 116 yards receiving. On the defensive side of the ball, middle linebacker John Beeson returned to the lineup and provided a spark in run defense, limiting Alfred Morris to just 19 yards on six carries. The defense also forced three turnovers, intercepting Kirk Cousins twice and benefiting from a fumble at the one-yard line that bounced through the back of the end zone for a touchback. It was a much-needed win for Big Blue, who now have over a week to prepare for a road game with the Buffalo Bills. With the Giants Report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. All right, so the Giants, like we said, we just recapped it. Giants uh, coming away with a win here, an important win, because if they if they lose at, at home on Thursday Night Football to another division opponent, they go to 0-3, you know, Season's pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, it, know, it's, yeah, it's it's looking a it's, lot like right. that year that they started 0 and 6. Right, I exactly. Mean, it's it, it was a it was a huge win. Albeit the Redskins aren't a great team. Um, but you know, a team that has picked up a win in the NFL. So, I think it's definitely important um for for the Giants. 
And I mean, looking at lo- looking uh, back on on those first three weeks, do you think the Giants deserve to be one and two? Do you think they're a better team than one and two? You know, it's a great question because I think that they played better than one and two. Their play is indicative that they're a better football team than they a one and two team. It's those mistakes, right? It's the mistakes and the talent level. You could say probably is indicative of one and two, but the play. Maybe two and one, three and zero. Oh. Like, like I said, you know, it's it's a game of inches. It's a game of a player two can out decide the outcome of a season or a championship. And they were right there in both those games. Exactly. And so, you know, they make one more play here or there, and they're three and zero. Oh. You know, so that's it's it's frustrating, but you know they have to move forward. And now, like, like you uh, you you know well up in Bu- in uh, New England, excuse me, they're on to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so there is another football team in New York, one that has a better record than the Giants historically, not as good as the Giants, but there is another football team. Let's go to them right now. And the New York Jets coming off a huge win on the road Monday night in Indianapolis. And quite frankly, Matt, Andrew Luck looked lost. Oh, he absolutely did. I mean, through three interceptions, that one fumble lost, he he, he didn't know what he was doing with the ball. Three interceptions against a defense that reminded you of that defense that the Jets took and rode with yeah. to two straight AFC title games. Yeah, I think that was 2010, 2011. Right. I think, oh. you know, uh, 09 10. 09 10. Right. Okay. So, uh, 20 to 7 win. Fitzpatrick yep. threw a pick, but for the most part, took care of the football, managed the offense. And, you know, I think, you know, Bowles came out and said that Fitzpatrick is the guy moving forward. And I think that's the right move. You don't want a quarterback controversy the way it developed with Rex Ryan. I I think this is what it comes down to with the whole quarterback situation. Fitzpatrick is a veteran journeyman QB. He's not going to be a Peyton Manning. He's not going to be a Tom Brady, but he's going to take care of the football. And that's something that Geno Smith can't say he can do. I mean, Geno's a turnover machine. And so going forward with with a strong offense... I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. With a strong defense, you can win with an average or a slightly above average quarterback who holds on to the ball and makes plays necessary. Absolutely, man. You you look at the top receivers, you know, Brandon Marshall, seven catches, 101 yards, a touchdown. Eric Decker, eight receptions, 97 yards, a touchdown. So when you're going to these two guys, knowing that, you know, you're not going to turn the ball over, it's going to it's going to breed a lot of success. Overall for the Jets defense, they force five turnovers, second week in a row. Second week in a row that they've done that. Darrell Rivas had three of those turnovers he was responsible for. He recovered two fumbles and an interception. So, you know, you you know as a Patriots fan the importance of Darrell Rivas in a shutdown corner, especially in a league like the National Football League dominated by passing nowadays. Yes, absolutely. And I get into this a little bit in uh, in my upcoming Jets report, but having the return of Antonio Cromartie and Darrell Rivas has been absolutely pivotal for the Jets' D. I mean... These are two guys that you can put out on an island and let them do their thing and bring an extra guy to the quarterback. You can bring an extra guy to stop the run. I mean, they just changed the complexion of the Jets' defense 100%. Um, I think that, you know, these turnovers are, are, are crucial to win these games, and that's 10 turnovers leading the NFL. Right. I think the next best has seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, 
the whole season, the Jets had 13 turnovers. Right, less they, than one a game. Exactly. And now, now they have five per game in the first they two could, games. They could break that within three weeks. That's absolutely ridiculous to look at. Coming from a Rex Ryan defense <laughs> right. to a Todd Bowles defense. Right. I mean, both defensive mind coaches. I guess you bring in the personnel and, and good things happen. Right, exactly. I think a lot of it, you know, I think, you know, Rex got a an unfair shake, I think, in New York, um, especially the last kind of few years. The general manager, Itzik, did not put a, a team out there that was competitive, that had the talent to win, plain and simple. Mike McCagnan comes in, he's hired with Todd Bowles, puts, puts a roster together that says, hey, you know what, we think this roster is good enough to compete or at least stay afloat in the AFC East. Look, New England will win the division. That's, you know, that's as easy as saying the sky is blue and the sun comes up. But the Jets have a shot here. I mean, it looks, you know, it looks pretty good. They have a shot here to compete for the wild card. Yep. It, I mean, it's early, but I think they'll it definitely is very early, they, right. they'll, they'll definitely be in that conversation in that conver- with a come, Buffalo, with a Miami, right. with a San Diego, come with a Kansas week 10, City. They're, they're going to be sticking around right. with this defense. Right. So go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Um if 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 you want to get in, uh we can get into this Jets report uh covering last week's Colts uh win for the Jets um as well as previewing this upcoming week. The New York Jets continued their defensive dominance with a 20-7 win against Andrew Luck and the Colts on Monday night. Gang Green starts 2-0 for the first time since 2011, and a new hope has sprung up among Jets fans everywhere. This could be the year. The team recorded five turnovers for the second straight week and leads the NFL with 10 total takeaways through two weeks of the season. It's clear that the return of Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie is the cause for the defensive resurgence. Todd Bowles is able to pressure the opposing quarterback and stop the run, knowing he has two lockdown corners patrolling the secondary. The Jets return home on Sunday to face the struggling Philadelphia Eagles at 1 o'clock. Chip Kelly's offense has been abysmal, ranking last in the league in rushing, with only 35 yards through two games. In his Thursday press conference, Coach Kelly talked about the ability of the Jets' defense to pressure opposing offensive fronts. You know, you got a real talented secondary back there, so I think they have the ability to kind of bring an extra guy because of what they feel like they have behind it. But you know, you got to you got to be able to capitalize on that because you know what you're getting for coverage. Despite Philly's efforts, Gang Green D will continue to shine, and the Jets will be able to improve upon their tremendous start to the 2015 season. Geno Smith returned to practice this week ahead of schedule. Coach Bowles alluded to the fact that even after Smith comes back 100%, Ryan Fitzpatrick will remain the starter. This provides confidence for the veteran QB, who has played a major role in the Jets' 2-0 start. Time will tell what direction the Geno saga will go from here, but for now, the gangrene faithful have high hopes for the future. As for this weekend, my prediction, Jets 30, Eagles 13. Covering the... I'm Matthew Crow, WFUV Sports. Shout out to Matt Crow's using that future instrumental. What a time to be alive here on WFUV WFUV's NFL Friday. Um Matt, thirty to thirteen. Yeah. Really. I, I mean, I you you look at the Eagles and it's just a team that can't move the ball on offense. And on on defense they 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 have suffered some injuries to their linebacking core and you know, I, I think that hopefully Ivory stays healthy. Hopefully he'll be able to play. Mm-hmm. But I think Fitzpatrick is going to keep doing his thing with Decker and Marshall. Again, 
Hopefully, if Decker can play, a lot of questions coming up for the Jets this week. But yet, you know, I I, I got to hand to the Jets. You got Decker, Ivory, Revis, all questionable this week. I right. think I think obviously that's going to make a difference if if all three of them sit out. Um, I'm not so sure about Revis playing. You know, Decker, you, like you said, you know he's not going to push it. And Ivory, you know, he takes a pounding on every play. So if all three of them don't play, it's going to you know lessen the effect of that that offense. And obviously, you lose your top playmaker on defense. But I'm going with the Jets this week. I, you know, I'll get to it in the picks. Um, yeah. I think that the Eagles. I don't know. I don't understand what's wrong with them. I mean, if no. if if you told me coming into right. week, if you told me before the season that right. coming into week three, one of the teams in this game would be two and zero, and the other would be zero and two, it would be reversed. Exactly, it would be reversed. I and, mean, the Eagles had such high expectations. The Jets were coming in. You know, no one really knew what was going to happen, especially with Geno out. And and to be at this point with the Eagles struggling this much, I mean, it it's almost shocking. But you know, gotta hand it to the Jets. And and on the same token, you know, what's going on with Chip Kelly down there in Philly? I think a lot of um, people got caught up in the hype, and I was on record here over the summer saying on one on one that I thought the Eagles were going to take a step back, and I didn't think they were going to be very good or competitive in terms of competing with those teams, those Seattle's, those Green Bay's, for. The, winning the conference, I would have agreed. And so, um, when you when you look at it that way, zero two, I think for me personally is a little bit of a shock. Um, but this is not the same Philadelphia team. Chip Kelly got rid of Nick Foles, Lashawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, uh, you name it, uh, he, Jeremy Macklin. You know, it, it's it's just guys that have produced and done well for the Eagles. He got rid of. Yeah, I mean, he 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 did absolutely clean house. Shady McCoy, right. yeah, absolutely. Out. Like one of the league's best running backs. It's it's wild. And, and you, get, you get Demarco in here. They only have seventy yards rushing in two games. I I can't believe Demarco averaged one hundred and fifteen right. yards per game last year. Right. This season, averaging five point five yards per game. You know what that says to me? That Dallas Cowboy offensive line is really really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you know when you have an offensive line like that, it's 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 I don't want to say it's easy because you know it's not easy. Nothing's easy in the National Football League, but it's easier to run like a madman when when you have an offensive line like that. And so look like like we said, Matt, the Jets are riding high. They're riding this emotion. Um, other guys probably riding emotion. Le'Veon Bell, a guy oh, who yeah. returns from a suspension this week, who probably is eager to get out there on the field. And you know, I think I think Le'Veon uh, is gonna just do great wonders for that Steelers team. Um, you always you also have Martavius Bryant coming back for Big Ben. Um, the Steelers, I thought in Week One, were were one of the most impressive teams in the league to me, keeping up with the Patriots so well in that game. Right. And uh, you know, I, I honestly, if I had to say now with Le'Veon back, uh, they're they're the closest contenders for the AFC East. To the Patriots that I see in this league right now, meaning meaning the AFC. I'm sorry, the, right, the right, AFC right. championship. Um, I want to agree with you. I think it's too early to tell. Yeah. Um, but Steelers are a very good team. Uh, I'm just trying to think in my head who would be a. Everybody says the Colts, and again, before the season, I would say no way. There's no way they beat the Patriots. Yeah. In my opinion, in either building. The the Lucas Oil Stadium or Gillette Stadium, um, the Steelers. You're right. You're right, Matt. I mean, the Broncos. I don't think are as good as people you know think they are. 
Um, there, it's their offensive line too. I mean, right. they, they got a bunch of young guys. They they can't protect Peyton. And so you know when when Pitt, Pittsburgh went out there and dominated San Francisco, they showed me something. They dominated at home. Um, although they can't make an extra point, uh, Mike Tomlin <laughs> electing to go for two a couple times, and Scobie, you know, hitting the upright on the extra point. So I think Pittsburgh's just going to go for two from now on. Um, but you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm cycling through the teams in my head. I really don't see another team besides Pittsburgh that can maybe challenge New England for that top spot in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Hyde went off in Week One, absolutely right. off at home against Minnesota, and I mean, the Steelers' defense for the most part shut him down. Right, um, I agreed. And you know, I I think that no one really expected the Steelers to be one of the teams that that we would be talking about. Obviously, again, it is early, but uh, but with, with the return of Le'Veon, you know he's going to be angry. He's going to be hungry. So that, that's a big that's a big uh, you know, plus for the for the Steelers. One of the leading MVP vote getters last year. I think he finished third, um, behind Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt. Um, but. You know, anytime you get your best playmaker back, you can be excited. And this is an opportunity for Pittsburgh, like you said, Matt, to really take off from here and kind of threaten New England for that home field advantage, that number one seed. I think New England will wind up getting it because um, I think New England's mentality right now is it's us, us, us against the world, even though it's hard to believe coming off a championship. But, you know, everything that's been manufactured against them, I really feel that no team in the AFC is as good as New England. We do need to remember, however, last season, first two weeks of the season, Pat started 0-2. Right, right. So, you know, still early. Still right, early. exactly, exactly. Let's, let, let's move on to the, the Browns quarterback situation. We got Johnny Manziel, uh, you know, get, getting a win, picking up a pretty good win at home right. um, for, for the Browns, uh, you know, playing a pretty solid game. Obviously, I, I think his awareness still needs to be improved upon a ton. Right. But you know they're they're bringing they're going back to Josh McCown. What do you think about that move following a a, a win by Manziel at home? I think it's the right move. I think McCown's a better player. I think he's a better quarterback. Um, I don't think Manziel's a starter in this league, and no. I've I've been on record as saying that he will not last more than four years in this league. I think it's just one the the the, the nature of the situation he's in in Cleveland. Two, I don't think he's that good a quarterback. I think he he, he shows flashes. Of being a good quarterback, I just don't believe in Johnny Manziel. This is this is a completely different game here at the NFL level. Defenses are faster, yeah. and defenses adapt to what you do well, and they try to take that away. And so far in Johnny Manziel's career, okay, congratulations, you had a, a two-touchdown game. Now let's see it on, on a consistent basis, but he's not going to get that opportunity unless Josh McCown struggles or gets hurt again. Look, Johnny Manziel was a great college quarterback. Right, agreed. He was an, agreed. Ec- he was an excellent college quarterback. Absolutely. But his play style is not fit for the NFL. You look at a guy like I would I would compare him almost I would say Vince Young. Vince Young, right? right. In college, absolutely incredible. incredible. Won a national championship. Incredible. He was my favorite player back in the Agreed. day when he Agreed. was on Texas, you know. They beat USC in that. That was the greatest game for, for both of us Notre Dame oh, fans. Oh, that that game was absolutely incredible. Right. And I would compare him to Vince. I mean, Vince came in the league and and his play style just didn't fit and and Johnny's a lot of the same way. They they wait for the play to break down and they try and make plays with their legs and try and find, you know, a a, a guy that's broken down his route downfield and and look for a deep bomb if that doesn't work. Right. And you know, I think in the NFL, if a quarterback if their first instinct is to look to run, they're no. not going to be a great quarterback. No, you you're you're a running back with an arm basically. Right. Um 
Although I, th- I did think Vince Young won the Rookie of the Year, and then teams just started to figure figure him out. RG three, right? Exactly, exactly. Great point, Matt. RG three. You know, he wins Rookie of the Year, beats out the Super Bowl champion Giants by a game to win the NFC East that year, um, and just doesn't do anything. Gets hurt. These guys who are mobile quarterbacks get hurt. Yeah. And so I don't think Johnny Manziel will be any different. I think if if he's given that opportunity, he will probably wind up getting injured. It's just it's just a fact. Guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um I don't I hesitate to put Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more mobile. But pocket passers, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, these guys who stay in the pocket don't get as hurt as don't get hurt as often because they're not exposing themselves to the risk of leaving the pocket and getting drilled. Yeah. And I mean getting hit by a by an NFL lineman right, right, exactly. or, or linebacker it takes is, a toll. It, it absolutely does and we saw it in its in its uh, prime last week with with Tony Romo, QB right. of the Cowboys. Exactly, great great segue there, Matt. Tony Romo, broken clavicle, out out eight weeks. Um, so now Tony Romo and Des Bryant, the Cowboys' two best players, are out until basically November for the Cowboys. And and they turned to Brandon Weed and they signed Matt Castle yep. uh, during this week. I think they traded for him, right? With, right. With okay. Buffalo. Right. Right. Yeah, right. They, they traded him for Buffalo. him. What do you think about the Cowboys, Matt? I mean, they're a team that's sitting at two and zero, and and they're not so sure about their future. I mean, I think if it, you you look at it, and the Cowboys had it all lined up to win the NFC East, you know, not a very great division. They're playing teams. Their 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 main competition is the G Men, the Redskins, and the struggling Eagles. I mean, three teams that they could clearly dominate. So I I think you look at it and. You're kind of just like, if you're Jerry Jones, you, you can't believe this. I mean, Tony Romo's second broken clavicle of his career. You saw him leaving the field, mouth to Aaron Andrews, it's broken. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video, but I didn't he, see it, no. he, he knew it right away. And I think, you know, it's it's definitely going to hurt. Absolutely, um, literally literally <laughs> and figuratively. But, um, yeah, this is this is not good news for Dallas. It depends on uh, a lot of things. It depends on Whedon playing well. I know they have a date with the Cowboys. Uh, excuse me, the Patriots coming up. Yep. Um, so I, I assume that that would be a loss. Um, so you look at their schedule coming. They have Atlanta this week. Who Atlanta looks like a very good team. So when you when you take that into account, this kind of opens up the NFC East for teams like the Giants, Redskins, and even the Eagles. It is early, like you said, Matt. Um, but if the Eagles go zero and three. Yeah, this week, yeah, you know, who who knows who knows about that team in Philadelphia? But that's why we we were saying, you know, the Giants, they're one and two, but the sky isn't falling because of this Romo and Bryant injury. Absolutely not. And so it's it's way too early. Eli said last night, you know, nobody's running away with the division. It's too early, and so we'll just have to wait and see how things play out. Yeah, and you know, with that quarterback situation down in Dallas, I would not be surprised at all if we see Castle taking over the reins for Whedon in you know two three weeks down the road once he gets a better sense of the playbook gets a better uh you know it gels more with the offensive coordinator um i i think castle might be the better option uh until romo comes back and you know we'll see if the cowboys can kind of keep it together and stay in that division race come week week 11 i think romo will probably start um start playing hopes to start right exactly so you know if there's any delay in that recovery period who knows what this NFC East race could turn into. Speaking of quarterback injuries, we have another injury to report here on Drew Brees. He's been ruled out with a rotator cuff injury. Mm-hmm. The same injury he had back in San Diego where he needed to 
go see Dr. James Andrews for that surgery. He basically reconstructed his throwing arm and, you know, kept Drew Brees' career alive because that injury was extremely gruesome in San Diego. That basically ended his tenure there. He went to New Orleans, was paired with Sean Payton, and they have won a Super Bowl since and have been one of the league's top teams ever since. Um, this is only Drew Brees' second missed start since 2006. So my question to you, Matt, is this the beginning of the end of the Drew Brees-Sean Payton era? Yeah, I think it absolutely is. I mean, I think through the first two games, you kind of saw a Saints team that wasn't the same as they have been in past years in that Super Bowl year. I mean, I'm glad that they, they got one. Um, I think that Drew Brees and Sean Payton, two guys that definitely deserve to win that Super Bowl. And, you know... I think it's time for the Saints to kind of look look towards who's their next franchise quarterback is going to be. I mean, I know you have Luke McCown. He's going to be uh, starting. Brothers with uh, brothers with Josh, I believe. Right. We got two McCown brothers starting this week. Um, and, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they could do. Peyton's obviously a great coach. But, you know, I, I, I do think that the Drew Brees era is, has seen its, its best day. Agreed. Um, listen, they're just not a good team anymore. Yeah. Bottom line, they're not a good team anymore. No more Jimmy Graham takes out a huge oh, uh, yeah. threat in the vertical passing game. Brandon Cooks is a guy who's every, who everybody's waiting for to break out. Uh, hasn't seemed to d- do it yet here. Hope it happens two weeks. soon. Right. He's, on, he's on my fantasy <laughs> Exactly, <team. laughs> exactly. Fantasy owner is everywhere, like, Brandon, please break out. <laughs> uh, but he's more of a straight-line speed guy, you know. So they're going to yeah. try to get him involved in bubble screens and 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 plays of that nature to try to expose or try to showcase his speed. And he's more of a just I'm going to beat you off the ball, go long, and defenses can adapt to that easily. And so when you when you take those things into account, um, I think that Drew Brees, Sean Payton era is coming to an end. I think that there are a lot of although let's say this, the NFC South is probably the worst division in football. Yeah. And so anything can happen. You talk about 0-2 starts. The Saints could win, wind up winning the division and winning a playoff or hosting a home playoff game and winning it this year. So maybe we're jumping a little bit to conclusions. But I, I, you they're know, just not a good team anymore. I they're, mean, they're, that, they're not a good football that team. That loss to Tampa Bay last week. Right, it proved. It, it that, proved that know. they're just not there anymore. Right, um, exactly. The, the Saints of old, Matt, basically would never have lost that oh, game. Oh, absolutely not. To a, to a Jameis Winston starting in his second <laughs> right. career NFL game. Coming off a terrible not. start. Absolutely not. So, like, like you said, Matt, that's a great point. Um, we will get to all Saints talk, general NFL talk in a minute. But first... Let's get to our fantasy expert, Luke Palmer. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, let's uh, let's bring in Luke Palmer here. Luke, what do you have for us? Well, I've got a lot for you guys today. Hope you're ready. Hope you're buckled up. It's going to be an exciting time. Um, so first off, to, with our stardom sit segment, <clears throat> talked about him last week. I used to tell people I was related to him. That, unfortunately, is not true. It goes by the name of Carson Palmer, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, believe it or not, Carson Palmer is second in all of fantasy with the most points behind Tom Brady. Shout out to the New England Patriots. Matt Crow, big fan here. Um, last week, Carson went 17 of 24 for four touchdowns and 22 points. He has seven TDs through the first two games. And he's going against the San Francisco defense, which this week 
you know, the San Francisco defense, they're not as bad as everyone was expecting them to be, especially with the losses of Patrick Willis, Justin Smith, uh, Alden Smith too. But they have allowed 369 yards and three touchdowns to Big Ben Roethlisberger last week, and they've allowed opposing quarterbacks a 76% completion of throws this season alone. I think Carson, he's obviously off to a great start. Me, personally, I picked him up last week. I'm starting him this week over Peyton Manning. He's going to have another 20-point game at least. I think he's going to really put on a show out in San Francisco this Sunday. Moving on to running backs, I've got another guy by the name of Latavius Murray. He plays for the Oakland Raiders. He's going against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. And the reason why I have Latavius Murray, I've been watching him closely. I've been I've had my eye on him for a while, and he looks to me, from what I've seen, as a solid, a true third down back, a guy who you can depend on. Not many people know his name. He's he, he may not be that flashy, but he's gotten he's been in the top fifteen in offensive touches this season. He's showing improvements. He had fourteen points last week. He's going to keep improving, and I think that that along with the Cleveland Browns, who have not been able to get to the quarterback at all this season, he's going to have a great, great week this this week. Uh, moving to my other running back on the list. It's, it's going to come as a surprise here, guys, especially from his performance last week. But uh, he's a vet. He's grizzly. He knows how to get, get it done. Uh, his name is Frank Gore. Now, he only had five points last week, and I'm sure whoever has him in our fantasy league is saying to themselves, why is Luke Palmer mentioning Frank Gore on the NFL Friday podcast? I think I have him, actually. Yeah? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, here's some good news for you. Yeah. Obviously, things in Indianapolis are not looking good right now, especially last week, right. goal line fumble. Frank Gore is a man who has proven himself time and time again. And if there's one word to describe the situation in Indianapolis for that team, it's frustration, frustration, frustration. That's three words. I thought you said one. (laughs) I'm just going to look past that and continue (laughs) on. Uh, Right, never fail to disappoint. (laughs) uh, Now, don't give up on Frank Gore yet. There have been tons of guys such as Demarius Thomas, uh, Big Big Ben for another one, who haven't really broken out or haven't had their owners – haven't realized what their owners have expected of them. Um, And I think Frank Gore is going to figure it out in Indianapolis. I think that he's going to be back to the Frank Gore we know and, uh, and, you know, have a good week this week. Before you move on to wide receivers, is Julian Edelman on your list? (laughs) He's not. Because Matt Morrow was in my ear earlier saying to stop offering garbage (laughs) trades for guys of Julian Edelman's caliber. Listen, guys. I'm sorry if you don't like my trades I have proposed, and this one's going out to Matt tell, Morris. Tell the well. audience, tell the audience who you offered. There's a reason why I'm sitting here as the fantasy expert on this show at 0 and 2. Well, hey, hey, I've scored the third most fantasy points in the league more more than both of you Unlucky. two combined. Actually, I'm two and 0. Um, so we'll see what happens come playoff time. And I've got a projected 115 points this week, which last time I checked was second most in the league. Um, tell the but, audience who you offered. <laughs> we don't have a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. It was an awful receivers. trade. I think it was like Julian Edelman for like TJ Yeldon or something like that. It was more It was more than that. Oh, my but God. We won't release that that information right now. Well, I just 
Um, going moving on to wide receivers. Uh, another guy. Luke, who, absolutely not. You tell them who you offered me in a trade last night as well. You are not getting past this. I will not sit here and produce this show while you try to say that you did not give garbage trades this week. Listen, guys, I'm a fantasy football machine. I bust trades, at, trade after oh, trade. Me too. I, I can't keep track of all the trades that that, that occur. You're, you know, you're starting to look like the Giants or Eagles, man. If you don't get it going, it's 0-3, man. All right, moving on to wide receivers. He's been explosive this season. The Giants actually cut him, which I don't understand why. Me neither. His name's James Jones out in Green Bay. He has caught a touchdown in each game so far. In fact, in his last 26 games with Aaron Rodgers, he's caught 23 touchdowns. There's just something special about him. There's something magical that happens between him and Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to continue having the, having a great year this Monday night against the Chiefs. Another guy on this list, Macro, our beat reporter, covers him. His name's Brandon Marshall. Now, the reason why I have him is we've always known Brandon Marshall as a top-tier fantasy wide receiver, top-tier wide receiver in the NFL. Going to the Jets, there were a lot of concerns about how he would fit in that offense, how many catches he'd have. He's proven himself that it doesn't matter who's throwing to him. He's going to catch the ball, and he's going to score touchdowns. He's got seven receptions, 101 yards, and touchdown last week. He's going to continue that this week, especially with Eric Decker being questionable for Sunday. Yep. Um, one guy who I have as a sit this week is Jordan Matthews, the wide receiver of the uh, going against the Jets of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I just with that Jets defense and Revis Island over there, I just don't think that he's gonna and the struggles of Sam Bradford, I just don't think that he's going to uh have a great week. Even if Revis doesn't play? Even if Revis doesn't play. I just think that, that Jets secondary is very good. Um and I, I'm a huge Jordan Matthews fan. Right, but right. I just don't think the pieces are there in Philadelphia. Interesting. Um <laughs> this is possibly my favorite pick I have here today. Um, he's a tight end of the Baltimore Ravens. His name, I hope you guys are ready. Buckle your seatbelts. Buckling. Crockett Gilmore. Love wow. It. Love it. What a name. Wow. Wait, say that again? Crockett Gilmore. Okay. Crockett yeah. Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, <laughs> last week he had five catches, two touchdowns, and 88 yards. The first week, uh, especially with, at the tight end position, some guys just have great weeks and then they flop the next, the, the next week or the next couple weeks. He didn't have a great week the first first week, but I'm saying that he's going to have a great. He had a great week last week. He's going to continue his success because overall that first week the Ravens just didn't do well. They had a terrible game against the Denver Broncos last week. I, I said the stat line: five catches, two TDs, 88 yards. He's really emerged as one of the top tier go to guys for Joe Flacco and that Baltimore Ravens defense. His teammates call. <laughs> Call him Barney on steroids. Uh, wow. Also the big purple monster. He's 6'6", 270 pounds. And Jeez. last week, he dragged three defenders with him to gain five extra yards and the first down. I really like what he has to bring to the table. I picked him up. He's a guy to watch. And lastly, for my last pick for Storm Sidham, you have to sit uh, – excuse me, excuse me. Yes, you have to sit the Cincinnati defense against the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. Uh, the Cincinnati defense has allowed the th- they've excuse me they've gotten the third fewest sacks since the start of last season, and Joe Flacco has had a solid offensive line out there in Baltimore. He's got the third fewest hits and sacks in the league. Sit the Cincinnati defense if you can. So you're saying I should start Joe Flacco in another one of my fantasy leagues <laughs> over Drew Brees? 
Absolutely. I mean, Drew Brees is hurt, so I, Flacco's With my Drew only Brees, option. So you With, think yeah. you think Flacco can propel me to a win? Well, I don't know the rest of your team. But, well, uh, meaning meaning a solid quarterback. I think play. he'll have so- solid, solid quarterback. Enough, play, decent, right. decent enough for this week. I'm not a huge Joe Flacco fantasy right. fan. Yeah, I have to use him now. However, yeah, in your situation, right. absolutely use him. Okay, he, he'll he'll have a decent week. Do you have uh, you have sleepers or anybody you want to keep an eye out for? Uh yeah, Julian Edelman. Um, I really <laughs> like Julian Edelman. <laughs> I, I don't think he, he qualifies as a sleeper, but all right, that's uh. That's Luke Palmer, our fantasy expert. Matt, always great stuff with Luke, huh? Oh, I love it. I love it. Keep Thanks, it coming, guys. Luke. Crockett Thanks, Gilmore. Guys. Love working with you. Crockett I, Gilmore. I picture him wearing a beaver hat, one of those, uh, you know, yeah, just right? skinned a beaver, throw it right on the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's from the backwoods of West Virginia or exactly. something like that. Exactly. Got some All right. paint on, some camo. All right, guys. On the weekends. Um, with that being said, it's time. Right, wait, right before uh, we get to our pick segment, let's just lay out the records here. Who's doing what here at WFUV Sports? Matt Crow leads these standings because it is based on percentages, not overall record. So Matt Crow undefeated leads at five and zero, undefeated. Followed by Corey Miller at eight and two, who wanted me to give him a shout out for getting his upset picks right two two times in a row. Uh, Matt Morrow behind the glass at seven and three. I'm sitting here. Christian O'Hara at six and four. Brendan Bowers at three and two. We're tied in terms of percentage. Luke Palmer to my right is five and five, uh, sporting a nice even five hundred record. And Tommy Aldridge, last week was just a difficult <laughs> week for him. Oh and five, Tommy. Oof. God bless you. Um, and we're going with the upset picks here. Corey is two for two. Luke is one for two. Matt Crow, like we said, undefeated. In his five and zero pick record, and undefeated here on upsets, one for one. Tommy Aldrich, one for one. He did pick, you know, shout out to Tommy. He did pick the Jacksonville over Miami upset, tremendous pick. Uh, Bowers is zero for one, and Matt, Matt Morrow and I, the two, you know, directors of this show, are zero and two, zero for two here on NFL Friday with our upset pick. So obviously, a category we're pretty much lacking in. Says a lot about our leadership, right there. And listen, we're going down the tubes here fast, guys. It's time for the picks. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All righty here, the pick segment. We got to start off local. Eagles at Jets. Matt, who you taking? I got to go with the Jets. I mean, starting off 2-0, and they're, they're going to push it to 3-0 and and continue this dominance uh, behind at least three turnovers from that Jets D. I'm going with the Jets as well. I think the Jets' defense is too much for Chip Kelly's offense. I think the Eagles start 0-3. Luke, who you got? Hey, let's make it a party. I'm going Jets as well this week. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Matt, behind the glass, who do you have? All right, first of all, hold on. Tyler, bring up this the my fantasy page. Bring it up because Uh-oh. Luke's Uh-oh. not getting away with this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Roddy White and Travis Benjamin for Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Garbage. What? Absolute hey, garbage. No one ever said well, low balling was, was not a we, good we option. Need, we need to find a new fantasy expert. I, I, I can't even respond right now. No one ever said low balling wasn't effective. Absolute garbage. All right. Gar- picking the Eagles in the Jets game. Right. I can't. I picked against them two in a row. They won two. Right. I got to go Jets. Tyler, what are we Tyler, you got? Going back. Are you filling it out? You know you're a Jets guy. Yes. Right, going with the Jets. Tyler filling out with the Jets. Clean sweep for the Jets here on NFL Friday. Let's go to a division matchup next. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Crow, who do you have? Luke was saying a lot about the Ravens and, and, and their uh, dominant offense. I got to go with the Bengals here. Really? I mean, okay. I think the Ravens are not looking that great this year. They're going to lose this one at home, go to 0-3. 
I disagree completely. I like the Ravens at home. One and two, I think Flacco has a big day. The Ravens are not a team that starts at 0-3. Luke? Yeah, I got to go Ravens. I think this is going to be a nice matchup. Good, tight game, but I'm just giving the edge to the Ravens this time. Matt, who do you have? Well, speaking of Crockett Gilmore and the Ravens <laughs> from Amarillo, Texas, so maybe he does have like a theme. Yeah, listen. Crockett Gilmore. Maybe he's wearing an armadillo yeah, I from Amarillo. I, <laughs> I got to go Bengals. I can't trust I can't Oh, trust okay. Crockett. All right. Ooh, I Crockett, go here. Crockett doesn't do it for you. Tyler, who do you have? <laughs> Tyler, who do you have? Bengals. He's Tyler's going, got the Bengals. Tyler's got the Bengals. So three on the Bengals here, two on the Ravens, Luke and I. Let's go to another division matchup. Buffalo travels to sunny Miami to take on the Dolphins. Matt Crow, your New England Patriots just roasted the Bills. Who do you have? Yeah, my boys showed them showed how it's done last week. <laughs> However, I think Tyrod Taylor showed us a lot. So I'm going to go with the Bills in this one, traveling down to Miami. Meet a pretty solid Miami defense. However, I take Rex Ryan and the Bills to improve to a 2-1 winning record. I agree with you completely. I think when it's all said and done, the Bills will be ahead of the Dolphins in the AFC East standings. I like Buffalo to win this game on the road 20-17. to Luke, who do you have? I'm with you guys. I like the Bills a lot. They're going to pull one out against the Dolphins in Miami. Let's go behind the glass. Matt Morrow, Dolphins or Bills? The game wasn't too far out of reach for Buffalo last week. Obviously, New England is the, the cream of the crop in that division. The Jets have been good, too. But I, I got to go I gotta go Buffalo. I got a little bit of faith in Tyrod Taylor. Tyler, who do you have? Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins. Wow, Tyler going with the Dolphins at home. Not, you know, not a bad pick. All right, let's move on to Denver and Peyton Manning against Matthew Stafford at Fort Field in Detroit. Matt Crow, who do you like? You know, I think this Denver O-line is really causing them problems, and those problems will continue. I think the Lions on Sunday night football will pick up their first win at home and uh, and, and beat the Colts. Or, I'm sorry, beat the Broncos. Matt Crow, you are absolutely 100% correct. The Lions will pick up their first win against Peyton Manning on Sunday night football. The Broncos are overrated. The Lions are not an 0-2 team. I like the Lions in this one. Luke. Lions or Broncos? Listen, guys, the Broncos escaped and got the win last week. I think the same situation happens this week. I think the Broncos somehow find a way to win in Detroit. Matthew Stafford's a little banged up. Right. Exciting. Sunday night football. Matt Morrow. The Lions haven't really shown much, you know, this this year. And Peyton's still Peyton. Got to go Denver. Okay. And uh, Tyler, who do you have? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. So, Matt Crow, you and I are the only ones on the Lions. Let's see. Lions Let's see. train, baby. Yeah, I agree. D-Town. So, the last game here, the Monday Night Football Contest between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers versus Smith. Reed versus McCarthy. Who do you have? Matt Crow. I, I, I can't go against the Packers at home. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing uh, regardless of, of uh, you know, what else is going on with the rest of his team, especially at home on Monday night. Agreed. My, my Super Bowl pick at home. The Green Bay Packers don't lose at home. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions at home. Green Bay over Kansas City. Luke, who do you have? Three's a party. I'm with you guys on the Packers train. Three's a party. Matt Morrow. I am going Packers at home. Awesome. Clean sweep for the Packers. So clean sweeps here. The Jets and the Packers win. And let's uh, let's start with some u- upset picks. Who, who do we have here, Macro? I mean, can, can I go with the Lions for my upset pick? I mean, 0-2 team facing the 2-0 Broncos? I don't think so. I actually think you need to pick another one. Okay, uh, uh, give me a minute. You go, Christian. All right, you know back what? To me. I'm not saying that I believe in Jameis Winston, but he's got a pretty good team around him. I'm going with Tampa Bay gets a win on the road over the Houston Texans. I like Tampa Bay. 
Very interesting, Christian. You know who I'm going to choose for my upset pick? Who? The Dallas Cowboys. Wow. There's something special about this Cowboys team. I can't put my finger on it, but they're going to win at home against the Falcons. Matt Morrow. I am usually a stickler for the, uh, you know, picking a, a true upset. Somehow it's a three-and-a-half-point spread. Okay. Oakland, the underdog at Cleveland. I can't pass this one up. All right. Go. Uh, Carr car looks all right to me. I think this kid could be could be something pretty good. Agree. Going relatively safe. Now, Tyler, who do you have? The Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals. So, no, he needs an, uh, Tyler needs another uh, upset pick. We can't we can't do the same upset pick. And, but, Matt Crow, who do you have? The Tennessee Titans at home against the Colts. I think the really? Colts Really? The Tennessee Titans over the Colts. They continue their struggles. Mariota plays well at home. And the Colts go to 0-3. Wow. That's bold. I like that a Ty- lot. Tyler just needs to pick a, a an upset game, not from the picks we made today. That was that was old rules. We did that week one. We Really? You we did do that week okay, one. Okay, all right. Yeah. Wow, all right. Listen, all right, so Tyler, you can go one. with – who does Tyler want to go with then? Week one pick. He's going with Buffalo? Okay. All right, sounds good. Uh, that does it then. I'm, I, apparently, I'm out of the loop here on NFL Friday as the A-host, but whatever. You know, that just, That's just how it goes, I guess. Nobody tells me anything. Um, that's it. That's it here on NFL Friday. For Matt Crow, Luke Palmer, I'm Christian O'Hara. It was fun, guys. Let's do it again next Friday. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.